Hello, and welcome to Girl Talk, a therapy session. I'm your host, Britt, and um, I just wanted to kind of give you all a little preview of what you can expect from Girl Talk. So I started this podcast. Well, how about a little bit of background about myself? So I am a mom of two, a toddler and a, I guess, a mini toddler. She just turned one. Um, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I am uh, a working mother. I work full-time in marketing. And uh, so that's a little bit about me, but how I started this podcast, or why, I guess, is I noticed that a lot of the podcasts I gravitate towards are about women and just hearing their experiences and um, kind of doing a little talk therapy. And I just thought, you know, what a great way to engage other women that are um, kind of in a similar um, community as I am, which is um, either a mother or a working woman and and just kind of navigating life together. So um, that's what Girl Talk will be about. Each week I will have a theme to discuss, um, kind of do a deep dive of, and I'll have um, a girlfriend join me uh, who I feel has had a unique experience in that theme and will just divulge and um, share our experiences, hopefully um, share some tips on how to navigate that if you are also experiencing that, and uh, just kind of create a platform for women to uh, to relate to each other and feel that they have um, the support that they need in the community so that they're not as alone. Um, so yeah, so that's what Girl Talks about. I promise it won't be as heavy as what it just sounded like. I mean it to be fun and just like a group of girls just getting together on the couch, you know, discussing their life and navigating through all those tough feelings, but also encouraging one another, one another and hopefully um, sharing some posit- positivity so that, you know, life is just a little bit easier for all of us. So um, I welcome you to subscribe to the podcast and I would love to hear your thoughts or if you have any themes that you would like to hear about. Um, I'm all open and I'm even open to having, you know, if you feel that there's a theme and you have a unique story to tell, I would love to have you on the podcast. So just write me a note and, um, and I'll reach out. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this week's Girl Talk. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing Susan Schwartz, who is a Jungian analyst, and she came on and talked to us about her book, The Absent Father Effect on Daughters, Father Desire and Father Wounds. This topic is very personal to me because I actually grew up without a dad, and I always think, now that I am a parent, of how Um, that absentness has affected me and my life and my parenting and my relationship with my husband and just who I am as a person. So I'm really excited to dive into how we can heal and move past the absence of our father figures. So with that said, let's welcome Susan Schwartz.
Welcome, Susan Schwartz, Jungian analyst, licensed clinical psychologist, and author of The Absent Father Effect on Daughters, Father Desire, Father Wounds. We'll be discussing how absentee fathers leave a lasting effect on their daughters' lives and relationships. And before I introduce you, Susan, I just want to say this is a very... Um, a very close topic to my heart because I actually grew up without a dad and many of my girlfriends actually that I know have as well. So I'm very excited to learn more about this and um, the effects that this can have on us. Cause I, I almost feel like I blame a lot of this on my absentee father. So, or the issues that I see in my life. So um, with that, Susan, if you want to welcome and just give us a little bit of your background. Yes. So um, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm a Jungian analyst. So let me say a bit about what that means. Um, that means that when people come to see me for whatever distress they are feeling, it's going to involve going not just into the past and into the family, but to bring the, you could almost say the absences or the things that were lacking into the present. One of the things that's different about Jungian analysis is that there's a deeper approach to the psyche than classical psychology. And it oftentimes lasts longer, whatever that means because people get interested in themselves. And the other thing that's always been interesting to me is that the stories of our culture, the archetypes, the fairy tales, the rituals, the religious backgrounds are all impactful on us. And the more that we understand about how we see the world, the symbols that the world gives us, the synchronicities that are happening in life cause us to be able to make sense of our personalities and help put them together where they have fallen apart. So again, in essence, it's a deeper approach to find the meaning of one's particular life. Okay, that's great. And that was actually my first question is how does it differentiate between different, um, I guess, psychology backgrounds. So that is great to know. Um, and can you tell me what interested you in this topic specifically? Oh, yes. Um, well, I've been doing this for a while. And I noticed how many people who came to me daughters. So this, this also the topic relates to sons, but the book is about the daughters. So women who came to me of many different years, many ages, um, early to into their 80s or so, have would, when I asked, where was your father? Well, they didn't know, or he wasn't there. I mean, recently, I had a discussion with another analyst who said, well, I don't even ask about the father. I said, oh, really? Why not? Well, the father is absent. So this is how absent the, the whole history, you could say, and we look back of how many fathers learn how to be fathers. And so when I would ask about fathers, their father was 
maybe sweet when they were little. Classically, it always happened. They get to puberty and the father would push them away, couldn't take the budding beauty or development of the daughter from their own confused way of being, the father. And the father would withdraw. And the daughter would never challenge this. That's just what happened. Culturally, men or father figures, whoever they are, do not oftentimes have to operate as fathers. One, they never learned how. The history of psychology and psychoanalysis is from, unfortunately, mostly men who did not have a very present father. So until the last 20 years, perhaps, there was very little written on the father, and it was mostly on the mother. So it would be perpetuated. The father is not there. He doesn't need to be there. He earns the money or he makes the, the roof over our heads, and that's it. And that is not it. So in my experience with people is where it, and my work is where it became very apparent, as well as many colleagues and other people that I have known, that this space is like a vacuum. And of course, every vacuum seeks to be filled. And so I wrote the book to honor the absence, but also to contain ways of finding a good father figure inside and good fathers or fathers developing externally as well. Okay, great. And I actually think that's a great point that you noted was that it's not just physically absent fathers, but the fathers could be present, but just emotionally, emotionally absent. You're absolutely right. And they can also be um, absent in the sense of their lecherous presence. So it's, it's amazing how many fathers are rather lecherous in their thoughts or their feelings or their commentary around their daughters. And in that, they have absented themselves from the emotional relatedness that they need to do with their daughters. How interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. with all of the research that you've done, what are, I guess, the, the biggest um, things you've noticed in women that have emotionally or physically absent fathers? You know, it's interesting. I wouldn't say that there is a general type of person who has lacked a father. I would say wherever there has been the emotional lack, the physical lack, psychological lack, the lack of sharing, the daughter has learned to internalize and will come up with what is wrong with me when there is nothing wrong with her. But for her to face wait a minute, this was not right. And to really challenge the status quo or challenge the story or challenge what has happened, this is what I hope people learn through their own psychological search is to develop their creativity, their individuality, their sense of their own style and presence that would be different from 
but maybe not, but would fill in the gaps that they had to experience with an absent father. So it would be manifested in many different ways. Some people develop, because you said emotionally or physically absent fathers, some develop physical illnesses and not even make the tie with, wait a second, did this help bring about my own lack of trust, security in my body, good feelings about my body, and confidence and security. So in, in general, what I'm saying is, in general, there are a, there's a huge variety of ways that the absence is manifested. The other way that it's manifested is, can be, through a lot of energy, through creativity, through exploration, through busting out of tradition and creating new ways of being. Okay. And, you know, I think what's also interesting is you can feel like I, I use myself as an example, just because, you know, I, I have this experience, but yep. also um, how I think of it is I know that I'm not to blame or that, you know, um, it's not my fault. Right. Mm -hmm. I know that consciously, mm -hmm. but it's subconsciously that I might have these issues of self-worth or self-esteem that are maybe brought on by this absent father. So is there a way that you can tap into um, you being myself? Yes. Um, is there a way that you can tap into maybe issues that are subconscious versus consciously knowing um, that it's not my fault? Yes, yes, absolutely. One of the really easy ways, and well, it isn't always easy, but a, a natural way, and this is part of Jungian psychology as well, or any analytical work, is remembering your dreams. Dreams are, they, they're, they're just not tamperable with. And so they will tell you what the father figure looks like. And so, for instance, I just give you an example. Someone dreamt that the, the father branded them, literally branded them. So this told that person, and the person had the dream repeat for 15 years. So you can see that in the repeat, repetitive dreams, in night dreams, father figures and how they are internalized um, will tell someone, oh, wait a second, I better look at this rather than taking on I am to blame because I am to blame the father doesn't have to do anything and the daughter has nothing to blame for all she is is needing a father it's not her um, blame and so whenever there's that feeling of guilt feeling of shame blame etc those are signals of there is something here that does this really belong to you is this really yours or does this belong to your father? And we learn very early when we're children, because we're tiny, we think it's us. And then we grow up and we realize we have utensils at our, um, at our hand. So one is dreams. Another is our favorite stories, favorite fairy tales, myths, legends. And what is the father figure there in relation to the daughter? You can see it on 
on uh, videos, music, um, uh, who one looks up to, and how we are in relationship to an intimate partner. So that will also give us clues about where has that absent father been and what kind of feelings are we taking on. And that goes for any couple. So it's, it's not a heterosexual couple. It's any people that are together that we can see how we are reacting and are we reacting the way we did with our father. So I think what I'm saying is the clues are like right there in front of us. How do we relate to our boss? How do we relate to other coworkers? How do we relate to ourselves? Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, I could see how that really is a great way to see, um, to kind of gain insight into that. Because I think of how I am like maybe a male boss or a coworker that I am different with like a, a female, you know, because my mother was present. And even my, my partner, you know, my husband. So yeah, that is a great way to, um, I guess, analyze myself. <laughs> it is. And you know, it, it's great. It, it's good that you said that. It is a great way because it allows you, it's right there. You know, the, those relationships are right there. And if you're with someone that you can talk about this with, it makes it so much richer and changes the whole absent energy to bring in new energy, which is invigorating. And that's the point of understanding oneself. It's to free the energy that's been hanging around, you could say, in the shadows, in the unconscious, and bringing it into conscious life. There's one other thing that you said I wanted to add to, um, being raised by a mother. <clears throat> so there was somebody who commented well, I was raised by my mother, and that was great because now I had my mother all to myself. Well, that's a point. But that is kind of insufficient, and it sets up a bit of an unreality that actually one wants to repair because we need to be able to relate to that more than one let me put it that way right like a like a almost like a male female parent dynamic yes or there's there's a I mean it could be same gender of course yeah. but there's yeah. there's a two that are different right yes and and actually from the you could say one is a beginning number and two is a number of differentiation we start to develop at two, also at two years old. So it's a differentiation away from the one. And, and that keeps going number after number after number as we develop through life. Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot of numbers. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of numbers. It's a huge amount of numbers. And do you know what I, what I find invigorating, even about absence, is people recognizing it and uh, commenting to me or wanting to start working on themselves. They're in their 70s and 80s, and they have not uncovered the issue of what was the effect, not out of blame, but out of try to understand how that absence of the father has affected the relationship to themselves, to their partner, to 
how far they have let themselves go in their lives, how perhaps they are staying in very difficult relationships and are afraid to leave. So the it, there's many different effects here that can be understood in all the relationships that we're in. And you know what, that, that is actually, this is a great lead up to my next question, because I have read a few articles about women that have um, absentee fathers. Now, this is more specific to physically absent fathers. But what I've read is that you can grow up with low self esteem, low self worth. Um, You're also, you have a fear of abandonment. Um, So can you explain um, if you've seen that? And if, if you can explain maybe why that is or or maybe um, how you can fight off those feelings? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I would say you want to understand the feelings. Fighting them is difficult. So understanding them is actually like unpeeling the layers of the onion. The I have read the same thing as well. Statistically, women or daughters without the balance, you could say. Um, usually they have they don't do as well in school, on and on. But it does depend on how the mother deals with the absence. So how the mother figure will deal with the fact that uh, that person alone is raising the child. And is it recognized? Is it talked about? Is it known? Is it made conscious? You know, how do you feel in school? It's, you know, there's there's no father figure coming to your soccer games. So if it's if all of this is made conscious, those daughters without the father will are the father figure will not have to suffer. But when it is denied, when it is normalized, when it is and I think that this is not against single mothers at all, not at all. It is more how much people are going to be aware of what are the issues that are going on. And it's the awareness of the issues and bringing them out that gives people confidence and self-worth. And even if there wasn't a father, it doesn't mean that they are damaged forever. That's the other thing. That's good to know. (laughs) Oh, Um, Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is actually, if you think about it, that is the whole point behind one's inner search is it's not just to trace down where I've been wounded and, and hurt and need assistance, but it's also how I will gain my strength, understand my resilience and use it well. So it's not that, you know, you're doomed because you didn't have, it's more, this is the wound that wants to be addressed and how will you address it? Right. How can I heal? I, exactly. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the point. So I am curious for women that had um, absent fathers, but maybe they had like an uncle who played a role in their life or a grandmother. Do you still see the same results? Like, can you gain what you lost from an absent father by another relative that is a male or in that really? Role? Yes, I think you totally can. Um, also, sometimes you know, the neighbor down the street was uh, was a valuable figure. It can be lots lots of different figures. The other thing is that if you didn't have you just didn't have a father when you were growing up, period, 
or no kind of grandfather, uncle, whatever. This is what people get sometimes from teachers, but also why a lot of people go into therapy or analysis. It's not to find a parent. It's to find the parent inside of themselves in the relationship with another person who can hold with them the problems, the issues, and bring them to light, recognize what's, what's going on, and be able to gain from it. So it's not just that we're wounded. It's that, okay, how are the wounds going to heal? I, I, I want to emphasize one is not doomed by having an absent father. And even if there is no substitute, we develop those figures inside of ourselves. You can see when you look at a series of dreams how the father figure changes through the therapeutic process. Oftentimes he might get um, more well-known, clearer, more defined, uh, more related, uh, sweeter, and uh, more encouraging. Not always, but that can happen as well. Wow, that's so interesting that dreams play such a heavy role in that. That's really... It, 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 it totally does. You know, if you look at a lot of writers, a lot of people who have written their dreams down, and you can see in the, if you follow the passage through the dreams, you can see the, the clarity of the father figure. So sometimes, you know, he's just awful, so he's going to stay awful. But there will be another figure that will come in that will be supportive. The more that the person learns about themselves and grows inside of themselves. It's a natural process. It's really natural. Once we give um, space for it, we grow like we grow as children. And then we can develop. So can you tell me how, um, so if you give space to it and you, um, you become, I guess, consciously aware and hopefully you're becoming more subconsciously aware are there tools you can use to help build on that um I have to say I've never had any dreams about my dad which is very interesting I think he he's never lived with us um and he left when I was about three and I have seen him you know maybe sporadically over the years but never been a constant role and yet I've never dreamed of him so I'm wondering what are other ways you can um maybe see or or recognize that you are healing from it well so I'm going to come back to something you had said about yourself if you don't mind oh because- yeah go right ahead because you have a partner. So one of the ways that we make up for the space that we didn't get, because you didn't get a present father really at all, and probably at the very beginning, he wasn't present either much. Um, But we do in relationships, in intimate relationships. Uh, Also, sometimes with really good friends, But in intimate relationships, there's where we can learn how to build that father that wasn't there inside of ourselves. So the more honest, the more clear. It would be interesting as well. You know, sometimes when we open ourselves to different issues, 
we start to dream about them. So, you know, sometimes I, you know, I'll dream about father figures as well, but it'd be interesting. <laughs> so for you, because I think you express a viewpoint of many people. I didn't see my father from age three until I was, you know, who knows how old and will you have dreams because you've opened that question. It doesn't have to be closed. It's an open place now. And um, it would just be interesting to see if something comes through or not. Yeah, it would. It's like you're inviting it in almost. Yes, you're inviting it in. Equally, I would say that the more the focus is on the absence, you invite in what's going to fill the absence. So again, it's not just absent nothing. It's absence in order to get filled. It's a very amazing thing. And also psychologically, we are kind of wired physically to have a father figure. So that's in the psyche. And that's going to come through. Even though you didn't have one, it's going to come through. Do you How see interesting. I- yes, yeah. yes, definitely. The other, the other thing I would say, and this is one thing that unfortunately I don't think has been tied together too much is the effect of the father on the bo- the body of the daughter so so the the absence the absence physically the absence emotionally the incorrect and sometimes incestuous sadly presence of the father will affect the body of the daughter how well she's able to take care of herself how conscious she is of herself how much she wants to feel good about her being and i don't mean that she's got to be gorgeous every moment but that she is proud of her body and she doesn't have what oh i was going to say it almost ties back with that um that self-esteem from your outer self or like your 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 pride maybe yes yes but i also think if we even expand it we could say culturally um culturally what is put onto the daughter because we live in a rather i don't mean to be stereotypical about this but we live in a rather male dominated society and world and so then what is put onto females from even the beginning how they're supposed to look what they're supposed to be like but usually not often be proud of the body you've got it doesn't have to weigh a certain amount you just have to have a good strong healthy body that you like and you take care of and that can be learned with a father but it does not happen very much. And sadly, it doesn't happen culturally very much either. So that's just something. That's so interesting. Yeah, no, I find that so interesting because in those articles I was reading, um, I did see a few touch on sometimes it can um, manifest as an eating disorder when you have a lack of a father figure. So that's so interesting to me because that seems very like an unconscious um, manifestation in an absent father to me. 
True. The the other, so that is often a quick one that people will say the anorexia or the bulimia um, directly, not directly, but influenced by the absent father, but oftentimes absent emotionally as well as physically. But if you think about it, anorexia or, or bulimia as well can't take in life. Can't take in life. So what do you learn then with the father? Is it safe to take in life? Do you have a good body? Can you be stronger than him? You see, the other thing is, can you, can you outdo the father by having a good, strong connection in the world, a strong body, a sense I can have and I can get wherever I want to go. Right. A sense of strength. Yeah. Confidence, strength, security. Uh, and I mentioned before style. So one of the things that is in Jungian psychology, it's just a little aspect, but I think it applies here, which is that um, Jung had this term called persona, which is our outer appearance to the world. Um, but that is supposed to be flexible and connected with our real self. And currently, not currently, throughout history, many people have to pretend that they are a certain way. So many daughters learn, I have to pretend to be dutiful, docile, too young, too immature, so that daddy will feel strong enough. It's a strange dynamic that has got a lot of ramifications psychologically and physically. And the reason I also mention this persona self is you want to be connected to the deeper recesses of yourself where your real being lies. And there's a place of, as you had said, of strength lies there as well. So if you're always putting on an outer pretend, the inner does not get as much attention as it really needs. Wow, that's so fascinating. It is. You know, I'll add on to that a bit. How many, how many, we could ask ourselves, how many women do we know whose father in, has encouraged them to, you know, really go for it or um, develop their, I think it's different now, their athleticism, their leadership in corporations, their ability to manifest something completely different their out-of-the-box creativity. Very often, the fathers, I think it's changing some, but they can get threatened by the vibrancy of the daughter. Yeah, I could totally see that, especially yeah. because in, I mean, in history, we look and it's always been that, um, you know, women are kind of behind the scenes or not as smart, you know, not as... You know, they're not, not allowed to have a real opinion on matters, right? It was the, the household man, which is the father. I agree with you. And I would also wonder if that isn't still true. You said we can look back in history. But I also think that we could look now in our society and people that we know 
and find pretty much the same thing. We are still up against quite an old story that has the, you know, the ultimate father as the archetype. He's guy. And, you know, I say a little sarcastically, but I mean it more, what does that do to the security and the well-being of daughters everywhere when their independence has to be um, subsumed and not... Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that fits is, you know, I, I do know some women who have who have great fathers or father figures, and they do have a very strong sense of self and knowing who they are. Exactly. That's the point of all this, is to access the sense of, as you say, knowing who you are, sense of yourself, and sense of self in a way which is, um, how would I say, personal, but also collective personal and collective. And for all of us, we have an effect on the next generations. So we all have this chance to correct the past generations and be conscious within ourselves of our own expansiveness and limitations and also pass on energy and desire to the next generation so that they will be able to do all they want to do. Right. So they don't get stuck in the same pattern that we have. Exactly. And so they don't accept what culturally we almost, we learn to accept. And then as we age, we start to figure, wait a second, what story did I buy? Right? Is this my story? So this is what you asked me several minutes ago at the beginning, you know, how I got to this, because so many daughters who had such absent fathers said, well, he did what he could. I am like, he did what he could. No, he didn't. No, he did not do what he could. He could have done more. He could have been there. He could have learned. And maybe you don't need to excuse him. Maybe you can see what you lacked and fill in the lack so it doesn't continue. Well, now that you bring that up, I, this is leading me to a new question. Is So you talk about how you know women have said he did what he could. And I feel like a lot of women I know, and including myself, I always think like, well, with the tools that he was given and his parenting potentially – he was not equipped to be a good, a good father figure or that has led him to be an absentee father. So I do see these like um, these cyclical uh, situations where we just forgive, forgive, forgive um, in order to understand, I think, why they might have done that. So would you say that part of a healing process is to not forgive and be angry or to recognize it and let it go? How about that? Because anger is insufficient in itself. It doesn't really get us anywhere. So the angry, okay, that's a natural reaction. The I would want to forgive 
is a natural reaction, but forgiveness is a very complex process. And what if it takes all the people involved to forgive? And what if it is insufficient that it has to go beyond that? Not letting somebody off the hook because they didn't learn, but knowing they needed to learn. And their needing to learn means I need to learn. And I can't just let them off the hook because they did the best they could, which wasn't good enough. And what's the matter with keeping it at, it wasn't good enough. I am going to make my life better. I'm going to understand where, or as much as I can, where this person who was my father had shortcomings. So I don't go as unconscious as him, as the rest of the world, as the culture, and I become conscious of what is wanted and needed. And I get that in my life. I insist on it. So it's not just angry. It's not just forgive. It's not just, you know, let him off the hook because his parents didn't teach him any better. We learn by not just passing on unconsciously to the next generation. We want to be conscious. And that bringing from the unconscious into consciousness is really a, a deeper analytic process and, and very rewarding as well. It sounds like it. It sounds very rewarding because I think that, I think also what has brought on a lot of um, a lot of maybe grief about my lack of father figure has um, has come about now that I'm a parent. Yes, and you know what's gorgeous. You know this, being a parent, that you get to. It's like a redo. I can do with my children what I did not have and needed and then by by parenting them one in a way reparents oneself i could totally see that it's very healing i would definitely agree absolutely and that healing brings more consciousness and of course then you have the opportunity if you're as you're open because you sound like it that your children can then come to you and they can be angry or they can be this or they can want and you can be okay let's talk about it let let's put it on the table let's i mean even little kids can do this cuz they want to they want to be heard it's it's the hearing of the other which is so important that is that is great i love that i love that we're also kind of ending on um the parent note, because I, although if you're, if the listeners out there aren't a parent, I guess, uh, what would be, you said, you know, looking at potentially your relationships with your partner, um, also dreams. Is there any tools that if you don't have a partner, you can kind of recognize some of the, the healing that needs to be done? Yes. It's how you treat yourself. So that is one of the important things. How do you treat yourself? I will oftentimes ask people, how do you treat yourself? Do you, do you eat healthy? Do you exercise? Where's your balance? How do you feel about yourself when you wake up in the morning? It's such an easy question. So many people have 
really negative things that are going on. When you're upset, how do you soothe yourself? Do you have good words that you use to yourself? Do you have favorite amulets or jewelry or this or that that you put on in honoring yourself? So I think it's that there are many, many ways. I will also add expressing one's creativity. In, in, you know, in, in so many ways, our world, there are many platforms for the creative. So take a chance and, and really go for it. And that is the point of all of this as well, is letting oneself be free of the, or know the inner constraints so that it's not that they all go away, that just doesn't happen, but you're aware of them again. Great. I love that. I love that so much, especially with creativity, because that's where this podcast started. I love to paint and I do think there's something liberating about just creating. So. Well, you are right. I will just add one other thing. And you love to paint. Well, people paint themselves. They paint their father's absent. They paint an abstract picture. They paint on the sidewalk in chalk, they do all kinds of painting places. And then they hang up those paintings and they keep them. It's just like keeping a journal. It's like a recording of your life. Like this recording. Of your mental. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just like this. Well, I just want to thank you so much for, for joining me today. It's been so great to learn more. And I just really appreciate you putting time aside to, to talk with us all about this. And thank you for all of your very open questions and for opening this to others so they also can learn to honor themselves and the absence that they had to endure as well. This would also be good for fathers. Yes, that is so true. And I I just love, just the last thing I want to know is I love that we say honor ourselves versus, you know, something like self-care because there's just such a differentiator there um, when you say honor yourself. So I just love that. And I am going to second what you said. That's true. Yes. All right. Well, thank you again. And I hope you have a great rest of your day, Susan. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I wish the same to you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Girl Talk. Before you go, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review so we can get the feedback. Thanks so much. Talk to you all next week.